Hello and good morning to you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Of course, it's your brother, Pastor Chida Jacob, here this morning to break today's bread with us. Let us pray. Precious Heavenly Father, we bless you this morning. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are to us. Thank you, Eternal Father, for your love towards us. Thank you for the gift of righteousness. Thank you for the life eternal that you have given to us. Thank you because you who saved us, you have all it takes to continue to keep us saved to the uttermost. Thank you, Father, because we are yours. Thank you, Father, because we know now and we are hearing your voice. Thank you because our heart is receiving your light. Thank you for taking us by the hand and guiding us from one level to another. We give you praise and we give you glory. We extol you, Daddy. Thank you for your faithfulness. We are indeed grateful this morning. I thank you, Father, because our hearts are open to receive your light. And that that continues to transform us, Lord, to the nature that you have designed for us inside and outward. Thank you because this truth will bring peace to our homes, peace, healing to our bodies, and prosperity in all that we do. Thank you, precious Father, for everything. We give you the praise and we give you the glory. And everyone who prayed with me this morning will say aloud, Amen. And amen and amen. Beloved brothers and sisters, this morning, I want to bring your mind back to a story that I have told before. And sometimes when I look in the scriptures, I can see that things are repeating. And hopefully, if you give me your ear and your heart this morning, this story might make a sense to you. Because as you, things are written for us to know what happened so that it will give us an idea of what is happening and what is going to happen. I said to them in the um, home church yesterday, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this. I've been thinking about mentioning this, but I forgot. What we have done in church here is to break down the weekly services into different homes. Our service is on Sunday. Our general service, worship service is on Sunday. During the week, we meet in different places, in different homes. And the reason for that is to, so that everybody can participate. we got to find a place closer. So it's more smaller meetings breaking down in pieces. And the reason I'm saying this, in case you have been following this message... And what I said now resonated with you. It will not, it will be a good thing that you do the same thing. Hold a fellowship where you are. Take the same. What do we ask them to do? What do we do in the meetings? We discuss the content of our message that week. We share it out and then we pray. We pray for the message. We pray for those in attendance. And then we pray for the church. That's what we do. So in case you're listening to me, doesn't matter whichever city you are, whichever country you are, you want to do that, please get back to me and we'll talk about that. It's, it's simple. And the reason we do that is because we understood that it is more better to take the church closer to the people, take it 
closer to the people. We all don't have to gather at a central point at all times. We do that already once a week on Sundays. And so within the week, uh, right now in Abuja here, uh, there are meetings on Sundays, two meetings on Wednesdays, and another meeting on Friday, and more are coming on board. So if you want to do that, that would be excellent. What is that? The highest meeting we can do is to gather together in the name of Christ as we break bread and have the opportunity to explain to others to fellowship together and to pray together praise god okay so here's what i will let me go back to what i was saying before now here is the story i'm about to tell you is the story of the jewish people and their surround this story is not only the jewish people even though they were the one who got the message but even the surrounding communities also um came on board on this from the beginning of their um, being a people, let me say that way, they had a promise of a Messiah, that a Messiah was going to come. So generations after generations, they hoped for the Messiah. In their periods of pain, they find comfort in believing that a Messiah was coming to deliver them. They prayed earnestly for this Messiah to come. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, they studied about this Messiah because they had written down prophecies concerning this Messiah. Every Sabbath, they read the prophets. They read the stories. Their, their whole expectation, and if you know the Jews, there were issues sometimes. Some other countries will come and conquer them, carry them to slave. Like when Nebuchadnezzar invaded the land, carried all of them for about 70 years, they came down. The reason they came down to rebuild is because they knew they needed to be together for the Messiah to come. So they planned, so they labored, so they prayed, so they studied. They did all manner of things. The hope of the nation was the coming Messiah. Every Sabbath, they read about that Messiah. And then they had built all manner of religious institutions around this Messiah. They read the prophets. Don't forget, like I was sharing with them yesterday in fellowship. Beloved, if you are trying to be righteous by your works, right? Remember, you cannot be 10% righteous by works like the Pharisees did. I just want to tell you that now. These people, all their life was about that. Okay, so... They read, they studied, they prepared, they, they prayed. And as you are listening to me, right, I've often told people, when you hear these stories, cast your mind, your mind back to the present. Because what we are dealing with today is that the church don't know what has happened, don't know what is happening, don't know what is going to happen. So we are mixing all of them back and forth. Some that have happened, we are thinking is going to happen in the future. Some that is happening now, we are not even aware that is happening. So when you when you read the story, like I was saying on Sunday, when you read the story of Adam and Eve and snake and fruit and all that stuff, don't think, don't try to create a mental picture of that. It's like you hearing that A is apple. You are not trying to create a mental picture of A. No, don't create a mental picture of that. Understand the significance of the story because it is telling you that the same choice or temptation before them 
is also what is facing you now. Whether you will accept a life in Christ and live or whether you will choose the knowledge of good and evil to go and do it by yourself. It is simple. The choice and the temptation remains today. And guess what? I don't want to go off, but let me point this out to you. I wrote this in my book. Creation would have found its completeness if they choose to remain in life. Same thing today. The only way man, like I mentioned this yesterday, finds completeness because our completeness is in Christ. It's when we choose Christ that we may live. And it doesn't matter how you follow the knowledge of good and evil, the end thereof is dead. That's why God said, if you eat of this fruit, of this tree, you shall die. That's the end. That word never changes. So don't think about those things. Think about where we are right now. So these people prepared, they prayed, they prophesied, they they looked up to him coming. All their life, all their hopes were in the Messiah. And part of the books that they read is Isaiah, the prophet of Isaiah. Of course, Isaiah was a major prophet. If you recall in the book of uh, uh, Luke, I think Luke um, chapter 4, I think so, if I remember uh, vividly, you will recall that the Bible said that Jesus stood up in the synagogue to read and they handed him the scrolls of the prophet, prophet Isaiah, and he opened it up. So it was a tradition. It was something they gathered together. They read the prophets. They, they discussed the prophets. And what were those prophets telling them that a Messiah was coming? So all their hope was that when this Messiah comes, their lives will be perfect. And just like today, we are expecting that Jesus will come a second time. And when he comes, everything will be perfect. Beloved, it is not different from what they believe. I just want to point that out before I get to my message today. Just follow me. But what happened is that even though Isaiah, the Isaiah they read back and forth, Isaiah 53 from verse 1 began to say, Who will believe our report? Who will believe that this is what the saving grace of God looks like? Say he grew up without anything looking like majesty in him. So, even though they read that, but when the Messiah showed up in their in, in front of them face to face, they failed to recognize him as their Messiah. They fought him. They did everything to frustrate his life. And the same Messiah that they have been praying they have been fasting. They have hoped in. Even though everything concerning the birth of Jesus corresponded to the things, the signs that the prophet gave. No, their eyes were closed to see that their Messiah was in their midst. Ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't know, today the Jews are still waiting for the Messiah. I hope you know that. After 2,000 years, they are still waiting. They are still at the welling wall, praying, hoping that their salvation will come when the Messiah comes. Beloved brothers and sisters, think about that. Think about that. After Jesus, when Jesus came, the people who were hoping for him to come, they did not know him. Why? Because that hope has turned out to something else. And I'm going to show you that now. Even the apostles who followed him, don't forget, they too were Jewish people. They were used to the temple. They understood the hope of the Messiah. 
Did you know that even the apostles who followed him, who they later became apostles, but the disciples who followed him also, now, first of all, why is it that they did not recognize him? You know why? Because the idea they have developed about Messiah, Jesus did not fit that. Jesus did not come in the form they were expecting. I mean, if you're expecting, if you're under occupation all your life, countries have come and invaded you, take you, you will prefer a, at least a general, a, somebody who will fall out of the sky, right? Jumping on a white horse and driving with clouds of angels all the way from heaven via and then land here, boom, and then everybody will know that this is the Messiah. So when somebody who was born among them came up and said, I am that Messiah. The worst of all, think about it. People who are under Roman occupation, right? Who has been treated badly by Romans. This Messiah now came and say, if they slap you this side, give them this side to slap. They said, God forbid, this cannot be a Messiah. Why? They needed somebody who will come and invade the Romans and destroy them and restore their kingdom back to them. That was their hope for a Messiah. So they were looking about for a physical kingdom they had no idea that everything must begin by a spiritual kingdom. Just to point this out to you, in case you think I'm making this up, I'm going to read to you now the question the disciples of Jesus asked him after they had confirmed that this is indeed the Christ that died and rose from the dead. At this point, there was no doubt. They, they, they were now certain that this man is that Messiah they've been expecting. What did they ask him? Acts of Apostles, chapter number 1, verse number 6. Acts of Apostles, chapter number 1, verse number 6. This is what the TPD says. Every time they were gathered together, they asked Jesus. So, this wasn't a one-time question. Now that they have confirmed that indeed this man is the Messiah that the prophets spoke about, they had confirmed that this was the same Jesus that died and rose from the dead. They asked him, the Bible says, every time they gathered together, they asked Jesus this question. So, it wasn't a one-time question. Because this is all that had been in their mind. What did they ask Jesus? They asked Jesus, Lord, is it now the time for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Have you seen that this is what their expected Messiah, this is what they were thinking about? I'm talking about, I'm not even talking about those who have not believed. I'm not even talking about those who never believed that Jesus was the Messiah. I'm talking about even those who had believed, they have confirmed that this fellow right here is the Messiah that thousands of years they have been praying and believing. What did they ask him? Lord, is now that you have died, now that you have risen from the dead, is it now time for you to restore, to free Israel and to restore our kingdom? Beloved, isn't this shocking? Isn't this shocking? That even the ones who identified him to be the Messiah identified him for the wrong reasons. So when Jesus spoke about the kingdom, the kingdom of God has come, what they saw themselves is freedom from the Romans. That's what they saw themselves as. And of course, those who never believed in Jesus could have never believed because their own type, what they expected the Messiah to come was to come and free them from the Romans, destroy the Romans. A general, I mean general, a, somebody who was born of royal blood or some Messiah who would jump from the skies. 
Brothers and sisters, where are we today? 2,000 years after Jesus had finished his work, man has been looking up on the, to the skies, hoping that one day may another Messiah will jump down from the sky. And when that Messiah jumps down, everything will be perfect. All tears will be wiped away. Our lives will become perfect. Sir, this is what the Jews were hoping for. And they were looking up to the skies. Let me just tell you this both by the Spirit and prophetically. Mark this words, beloved. That Messiah that they are looking for, that second coming, that Jesus that they are expecting. I don't want to say something here, but I will only tell you that the majority of those who are expecting him will not know what he looks like. They will not know what he looks like. He will be right in their midst. They will hear his voice, but they will never know it's his voice. In fact, they will fight him. Isn't it, isn't, doesn't it shock you today that I can preach any other message and get invitations everywhere? I can be celebrated as a pastor everywhere if I tell people that they are sinners, if I tell people that they are cursed, if I tell people that, whoa, if, no, but if I tell a man that you have been saved and salvation is eternal, then I became, I become an enemy of the church. If I tell a man that you and God are the same, I become an enemy of the church. But if I tell the man that, you know, yes, it's true that Christ has died and rose for you, but you know, uh, you know, your village spirit is still in you. No, no, that's cool for everybody. Sir, let me just tell you this. M maybe you should just, after you listen to this, just sit down and think about it. What happened then is exactly what's happening now. We are looking up to the sky for one day a man who will come with high horses and uh, angels singing all over the place and then drive with power and might and then hit the earth and then fix everything perfectly that's what the jews were waiting for and when the messiah was by their side say hey look i'm here they said no this can be our messiah they had him they rejected him they saw him they rejected him it's the same thing those who are looking up on the sky because their eye is up in the sky the messiah will show up and they will reject him that's exactly what's going to happen. They will reject him because what they are looking for is not the form in which he came. They are looking for a literal. And for example, basic interpretations of the scripture. When the Bible says an angel, everywhere the Bible says an angel, you know what the leaders think about? They are looking for a white angel with, 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 uh, you know, with, uh, uh, with hands and a perfect, pure, complete, big wings and this thing. Yes, are there beings like that? Yes, we know. But don't forget that in many places, the Bible said angel is not talking about that angel because angel is angelos, which is a messenger. For example, in the book of Revelation, where it says to the angel of the church in this city, right? What he's talking about is that to the messenger, that means to the pastor of this church, right? It's not angel michael or angel gabriel so for example when they say that an angel will blow a trumpet so people are waiting for an angel that will jump from the sky with a long trumpet and throw it maybe what he was telling you is that a messenger will come with a message praise god now i don't want to throw you off too much but think about what i'm telling you this morning i wanted to tell you this story so you think about it now let me even say let me say this and i'll round up here this morning that one day there's going to be a messiah who will come with white horses and jump down from the sky just think about this 
Can we live in the reality of that Messiah today? That's the question. Don't forget, the people that the Bible called heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, they were all kinds of people. They were fathers, they were mothers, they were prostitutes, they were young people, they were older people. But why were they called heroes of faith? Is that while everybody was waiting for that Messiah to come, they lived in the reality of that Messiah in their present day. That means in their present day, they lived as if that Messiah has come. That's why they are called heroes of faith. Moses, for an example, the Bible says that when he had grown up, right, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, but he chose to suffer affliction with the Jewish people, with the children of God, why? The Bible said for the sake of Christ, because he knew that this Messiah is not coming from Egypt. He was coming from the Jews. So he, he ported, he left the palace and went and joined them, right? So their decisions were driven based on how convinced they were about this coming Messiah. Can we do the same thing today? Let us assume that one day there's going to be another physical heaven that will come down from the heaven above to cover this one. Is it possible that you and I can have a taste of it today in our present day by faith? Yes, that is what I want to draw your attention this morning. And hopefully, these things I'm saying lays the foundation to the things I'm going to say concerning this manner. Don't forget, it is possible that you and I can have a taste of it today by faith. Praise God. Amen and amen. Okay, I'm going to stop here and then I will come back to you again tomorrow as we we'll continue this journey. I hope your eyes is opening. Don't forget, beloved, I said yesterday and it's true, we're not trying to uh, condemn anything or anybody or change any doctrine. All we are saying is this, that it is possible that this heaven is in us. If it is in us, then it becomes a practical reality that we can live in our present day rather than just living our life endlessly and then hoping that one day we'll have some mansions in the sky. All right, this morning, don't forget that you have been served and don't forget to help me spread the message as much as you can. Shalom.